Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Last week, we aired part one of a program we called Live the Mass, Change the World. Live the Mass, Change the World, a very powerful theme that the Mass is not simply a singular event that takes place in our on Sundays, but it is really the DNA of human existence. All of those elements of Christ himself that uh, are our very nature in our humanity that we experience certainly in that rich way with the Eucharist on Sundays is meant to be the source and the summit of our lives. And so this theme, Live the Mass, Change the World, was our theme for this year's Family Emmaus. And uh, we aired that part one highlights from that event that took place very recently, led by some area pastors. And we're very delighted tonight to air part two. Um, You're going to hear some more great preaching along with wonderful worship music that we know is going to open the door all the more to the meaning of the Mass. So if you ask the question and your children ask the question as we are all prone to do, what's this got to do with me? What's this part of the Mass got to do with me? That's what we sought to answer at this family Emmaus, to make that accessible. So I want to encourage you, if you want to hear last week's program, just download the app. Go to massimpact.us forward slash app. MassImpact.us forward slash app. There you're going to see a lot of tabs that put it right at your fingertips. The Live It Family Gathering Guide is right there. The Live It um, video episodes, which uh, really help to draw us into the subsequent Sunday readings. And, uh, of course, the radio, Ignite Radio Live. You're going to find uh, uh, an ability to access stream live all of the programs. We've had some phenomenal speakers over the last, really, now I can say years. We've had Bob Schutz. We've had uh, Mike McCoy, All-American professional um, football player, Justin Fatika, uh, area pastors. We've had young people giving phenomenal testimony to Christ. So really, this is an app that you really want to have, especially, you know, if you have some time in the car or alone time and you want to experience uh, the vitality of the Holy Spirit alive, working powerfully. So I'm going to direct you again, get this program last week's and all the ones prior to it and a whole wealth of other great things by going to massimpact.us forward slash app. Now, another little commercial here. Um, This isn't for free. Of course, it was made available for free, the Family Emmaus event, and 95% of what we, Mass Impact, provide is for free. But we all know really nothing's for free. It costs money. Um, And I'll even say more fully, it it, it costs, it, it depends upon people who know that they are blessed to be blessers. That's what we're all about. That's what families who are joining us are all about, is to be where God blessed us to be blessers. So we want to identify some of those companies and leaders right now who have joined us, who have partnered with us in uh, sharing, quite frankly, in the joy of transformed marriages, families, and parishes. They're joining us in the joy of blessing others in this particular way. And those companies that helped us in particular with Family Emmaus are Abilities Hand Rehabilitation, Rita Dodd, Ascension Medical Device and Diagnostics, William Noltner, Carpets by Otto, Otto and D. Wyke, Citizens Wealth Management Group, Deacon Ed Maher, Ed Schmidt Auto, Rich Cronin, a particular shout out to them. Rich has been a, a constant support and encouragement and really a kingdom building leader in our community. So uh, all of these companies, I might say with this little interjection, um, have professional excellence and they're committed to building the kingdom. So please, uh, if any of these categories jump out at you as something that you need, and in this case, looking for a car, um, 
honestly, there's no better place you can go to or begin with than Ed Schmidt Auto and, uh, you know, Rich Cronin, a phenomenal man, husband, father, their whole family is a tremendous witness to us. Uh, Interstate Commercial Glass, Walter Erickson, another great family that is on our board and uh, very involved in all that we do, so generous and uh, just truly a blessing to us with a young family seeking to live it out and giving testimony to that. McClure Insurance Group with Matt McClure, uh, Miller Fastener and Components with Paul Miller, again, another awesome family who's been involved extensively with Mass Impact, ProMedica, Barbara Petit, Quality Family Eye Care, Dr. Angela Jackson, SJS Investment Services with Kevin Kelly, uh, another family that's been a staple with um, personal family and parish transformation in this area through many different endeavors. We're certainly blessed by Kevin and his wife and family involved in uh, all that we do. Um, And last but not least, Spengler's Restaurant and Pub with Cherry Whiteman. Thank you so much for being tuned in to Ignite Radio Live. With no further ado, we turn to part two of Family Emmaus, the theme, Live the Mass, Change the World. If you could all stand as we continue to worship. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Please be seated as we welcome up Father Mike Dandrant. And a particular thank you to Father Mike, who is the pastor of this wonderful parish. A round of applause and gratitude for him and all that he and his staff have done to help make this possible. Third year in a row. So, Father Mike, thank you. It's just a blessing for our parish to have you gather out here for this uh, fantastic afternoon. So, uh, you, your presence blesses our parish. So, thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, Father Mike, that Beth had his name tag ever so cleverly placed into a shirt, kind of like a bishop does with his pectoral cross. He must have more practice than I ever would have considered. But that works pretty good. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so uh, a little boy was talking to a priest outside a church, and the priest said, hey, why don't you go in and spend some time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament? But the little boy said, no, nah, no, nah, Father, I can't do that because my bike is with me, and somebody will steal my bike. And the priest, believing, well, it's more important to pray, and said, oh, son, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will protect your bike. Come on in and say a prayer. So the little boy came into church, and Father reminded him to genuflect and then do the sign of the cross. And he said, when you do the sign of the cross, you go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he turned to the boy as the boy genuflected. He said, in the name of the Father and the Son. 
And the priest said, well, what about the Holy Spirit? And the young boy said, well, he's out there protecting my bike. <laughs> the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what I actually have the chance to talk with you all about in the context of the Mass. Um, I'm going to actually uh, walk through one of the Eucharistic prayers that we often hear at the Mass. That'd be Eucharistic prayer number two. I'll, I sometimes think that whenever we are uh, praying the Mass, myself as a priest, and certainly you all who gather in the Mass, as we're praying it, once in a while, the deceiver may cloud our minds with distraction, and priests praying at the altar may be nothing more than the Charlie Brown teacher experience. You remember the Charlie Brown teacher? Wah, 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 All the while, Charlie Brown and none of his classmates are hearing a single word in which the teacher is saying. Does Father at the altar ever become wah, 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 as our minds drift off to something else? Maybe. Let's take a moment, though, and really break open the words of the Eucharistic prayer, and in that, understand the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to use Eucharistic prayer number two. Uh, it's, it's, maybe the, it's certainly the oldest of all of our Eucharistic prayers. It dates back to Apollotus, way back in the year two or 300. Um, it is also the shortest of our Eucharistic prayer options, and sometimes the most commonly used. So I'm going to walk through the words. This takes place right after what we call the preface which is the dialogue that the priest says, the Lord be with you. Spirit, lift up your hearts. And let us give thanks to the Lord. Okay. And then he prays a prayer. And then we sing a song. What's the song we sing? Holy, holy, holy Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth is full of your glory. We sing this heart, this song of praise and worship at that moment. And then we kneel down. And Father begins. You are indeed holy. Father's affirming that prayer of worship that we've just made. O oh Lord, you are the font of all holiness. So, you know, I don't know if we ever get it, but when we're praising God in the song, The Holy, Holy, you know, it's so important that we're saying that. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth is full of your glory because from you, God, comes forth all holiness. And then we pray, make holy these gifts we have brought before you. See, we want the Holy Spirit to come and make a powerful transformation of ordinary bread and wine into something extraordinary. That's our prayer, but that prayer can only come forth from a God who is all holy, the font of all holiness. And so when you pray that prayer, when you praise God in the holy, holy, when you sing that, don't let it be a wah, 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 wah. Let it be an acclamation of the God whom we're calling upon to make this incredible transformation. A God who is holy from forth all holiness comes. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like dewfall. And as that prayer is prayed, the hands of the priest come over those gifts as dewfall falls upon the earth. It's as if the Holy Spirit is coming down from heaven and making a powerful transformation. Do you remember the power of the Holy Spirit? Remember the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? Holy moly. 
I mean, those apostles, after the resurrection, they were afraid and they were confused. And yet they were commissioned to go out and share the good news, but they were in their fear and their confusion. They hid in the upper room, and they didn't know what to do. Even though they had heard the instructions of the Lord, they needed more than just the instructions of the Lord. They needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down upon them in Pentecost and changed their hearts and made them courageous and made them bold. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes things. Husbands and wives, you stood at the altar of God on your wedding day and the Holy Spirit came down upon you and transformed two of you into a one flesh union. Children, when you were baptized, your mom and dad brought you to baptism, the priest called upon the Holy Spirit to change ordinary bread and wine, ordinary water into life-giving water, and that water changed those who were baptized and allowed God to make a dwelling in their soul as they became members of his church. When the Holy Spirit is called upon, the Holy Spirit shows up and transformation takes place. And that's what we've prayed. Come, Holy Spirit, transform bread and wine into the body, the blood, the soul, the divinity. Change that bread and wine into God, who is all holy. After that prayer, then, the priest will pray the prayer, the narrative that reminds us of how this first took place, the first Mass, the Last Supper. I can remember um, in my priesthood, one of those moments that just was um, a slap in the face kind of moment where I realized the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit transforms at that altar during the Mass. I was doing what they called a children's adoration. And we had brought the children into the church, and then we had placed the Blessed Sacrament on the altar. And these are like four or five, six-year-olds and younger. And as we're kneeling, I'm trying to give them instruction. I'm trying to encourage them to worship. And I'm pointing to the Blessed Sacrament. And I'm saying to them, this is Jesus. Take your eyes and look up there, because you know, sometimes get distracted. No, 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 look up here. Look and see. Now repeat after me. As you look at Jesus, say, Jesus, I love you. And they repeat, Jesus, I love you. And I say, look again, look. And say to Jesus, Jesus, I adore you. And they look and they say, Jesus, I adore you. And these small little children did it with such faith. And it struck me at that moment that if that was not God, I am leading these children to idolatry. It is the eternal God present to us in the Blessed Sacrament by the power of of the Holy Spirit and the words of the priest. So when you sing holy, holy, holy tonight or tomorrow morning at Mass, you're calling upon a God who is all holy, from whom forth all holiness comes, a God who will send forth the Holy Spirit upon ordinary bread and wine in the Eucharist to transform it into God himself so that it might nourish us and be food for our journey. Amazing grace how sweet earth's sound that saves a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, and now I am found, was blind, but now I see.
Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. Oh, I am so lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Oh, I can see now. can see the love in your eyes Laying yourself down Raising up the broken to light Amazing grace How sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me Oh, I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind, but now I see Please be seated as we welcome up Father David Kidd. Jesus' body is broken to free us from our sins. Jesus' body is broken to free us from our sins. Jesus' body is broken to free us from our sins. I'm going to need a little help today as we talk about the fraction right, the part of the Mass where the host is broken. So help me out here. Jesus' body is what? Broken. To free us from what? Our sins. Jesus' body is what? Broken. To free us from what? Our sins. You know this part of the Mass. It's a quick part. We can almost fly right by. Right? Because just before it, we're giving a sign of peace to everyone. Right? We do this, right? Peace, peace, peace. Right? We get everyone in the church right in that moment, don't we? So we might just miss. That's a good thing, by the way, right? To acknowledge a person to our left and to our right and before us and behind us. That's a good thing. But to recognize what's happening at this moment. The host is being broken. You might not hear it. It's a pop as the priest breaks the host and places a little bit of that host right into the chalice to represent our unity with the bishop. And it's at this moment that Jesus' body is broken for us. It points us back, right, to his body that's broken upon the cross. And it points us to the suffering lamb, the sacrificial lamb. What do we say after this point? We sing it, right? Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The lamb. The lamb, the sacrificial lamb. Remember the lamb right from the Old Testament. The lamb that sacrificed in order for the family to be passed over. Right from the angel of death. So that the first, the oldest, the first child may be spared in that family. We also know in Jewish custom, 
The idea of another idea of the lamb, the scapegoat, right? We hear that often in our public sphere, right? The person that's to blame, the scapegoat, we have to affix the blame to. That person is to blame. Sometimes we do that in our families, don't we? It was that guy over there. Was, that was my sister right there. My brother right there, right? The Jewish custom of that was to affix the sin, the evil, to this goat as it was cast out beyond the town. Christ becomes this scapegoat. He becomes the sacrificial lamb. He not only takes on our sin, but he also becomes the sin. Jesus' body is broken to free us from our sin. Two years ago in the summer, I worked as a chaplain at St. V's, St. Vincent Hospital, Mercy St. Vincent Hospital in Toledo, like a number of my brother priests have done for a summer. And when you work in the ER, you'll notice right away when people are brought into the ER that the clothes that the person is wearing often is removed or cut away at that point. And it's not just because they don't like the style of your clothes or they don't like the style of the person's clothes that they're wearing. The purpose is to get at the wound, to get at the wound of the person and, and to help identify other wounds that maybe they don't see. What we're asking as we prepare for that moment at Mass, the fraction rite, the breaking, the bread, is we're asking also to help God identify with us those wounds, those sins, those areas of life where maybe we're looking and we're like, hey, you know, everything's fine. I don't see any wounds. There's nothing here. Of course, we're missing the knife that's stuck in our back, right? We miss that, that big wound. The Lord wants to go there and heal those wounds. Those wounds that we don't want to talk about, that we don't want to share with others, even those in our family. The Lord wants to go right there and heal those wounds. And they, sometimes we think they're big things, right? Oh, it's got to be this big, awful sin. But sometimes it's just that bad habit. Sometimes it's the thing where someone points something out to us that we don't like, and we say, who are you to judge? Except maybe they were right. We just don't want to admit it. That's where the Lord wants to heal us at this, at this point. He wants to heal us. Blessed John Henry Newman talks about Jesus himself as the healer of the wounds, of our wounds, the physician of the soul. Right after the Lamb of God, what does the priest do? He holds up the host, the broken host at this point, right? Over the chalice or the patent. And he says, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And then what's our response? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. We're not worthy. We acknowledge that. Don't forget that. We acknowledge we're not worthy. But only say the word, and I shall be healed. We want that healing. Ask God every time you enter that moment of the Mass for healing. Wherever it may be, ask Him to heal you. And also, when you're not at Mass, go right to our Lord and ask for that healing.
Jesus' body is broken to free us from our sins. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding And all your children shall behold it Dreams awaken in this moment Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come Pour it out, let your love run over Here now, let your glory this house, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house. And now the world awaits your presence. His power is within us We will rise to be your witness Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Pour it out Let your love run Glory fill this house, pour it out, let your love run over here now, let your glory fill this house, pour it out, just sing it out, let your love run over here now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out, let your love run over here now. Let your glory fill this house. Please be seated as we welcome our Father, Ramon Senior Billion. So we've recalled the actions of Christ at the Last Supper. If you think about it, in the liturgy of the Eucharist, we remember that Jesus took the bread and took the wine at the Last Supper table. We remember that he blessed them. We remember that he broke the bread. And then his fourth action at the table was that he gave it. He shared it with others. And so
those four actions that we recall at the Last Supper table are four actions that we take as the church when we gather for the liturgy of the Eucharist. So eloquently, my brothers shared those portions of the liturgy of the Eucharist with you. Father Macbeth, Father Jeff talked about presentation of gifts in the offertory of the Mass when the priest takes the gifts from the people and places them on the altar. Father Dandoran talked about the Eucharistic prayer when we bless, the church blesses and calls down the power of the Holy Spirit through praying that Eucharistic prayer. And we heard that Father Kidd talk about the fraction rite when we have broken the bread and poured out the wine, now the body and blood of Christ. And the fourth action is that Christ gave that Eucharist, the body and blood, the bread and the wine now transformed into his very presence to the people at the Last Supper table and as the priest when we gather for Mass in the liturgy of the Eucharist. When we do receive communion, when we receive that gift, we may be, oh, think twice perhaps about this is my moment. This is my private encounter that I get with Jesus Christ. You know, we've done everything together here. You know, we've said the responses together. We've sung the hymns together. We've responded to the priest. And now I get my little moment. Well, there is no private moment. Not one private moment when we gather for Mass. Because the Mass is a community moment. A communal moment. The Lord comes to us in the Eucharist, and we are given the Eucharist, and we receive it, but we receive it as a community, each of us a member of the family of God, gathered, and we receive it, and that precious gift belongs to us. It's not a me and Jesus moment, but it is an us with Christ moment when we receive communion and do that together. Not private, but communal. And we do it with great reverence. We walk up carefully, one after another. We don't go up as individuals, but we join a procession. We join with the other people going to receive the Blessed Sacrament. We do it together. We walk together. And we acknowledge the presence of God under the form of bread and wine with a slight head bow. And we respond to the truth, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ with our amen. Yes, this is. I am receiving what I believe what I am receiving. I'm saying that it's a proclamation for us. And so we reverently receive the very presence of Christ and we process back to our seat. And you can see the action. You don't get to see this very much, but those of us that will be in the sanctuary often stand up a couple steps higher 
and we can watch the flow and you can see the flow of the community coming to the Lord in the Eucharist and going back to their place. It's how we are given the presence of Christ in the communion rite. All of this goes together, though, really to be for us, in a way, the liturgy is a classroom for life. We learn so much. We experience so much when we gather for Mass. But the Mass is not a spectator sport. It's not a sport where we sit back and we just watch what's going on. The Mass is a full contact sport. Absolutely, a full contact sport. We are invited, we are called to actively and consciously participate in what's going on. Not to sit back and relax, but to join our hearts and to join our voices, to join our souls with everyone gathered around the Lord's table. It's full contact. And unlike a sport that has a beginning moment when the clock starts and it stops when the clock is over, the liturgy is something that we live every day of our lives. It doesn't stop with the thanks be to God and us walking out of church after the recessional hymn because we are invited to take everything that we have experienced bring that liturgy with us out the door because we are invited to the particularly take the four actions of Christ during the liturgy of the Eucharist and live them in our lives. We're invited, as Jesus took the bread, as the priest takes the bread and takes the wine, we are invited to receive gifts from others and to participate in that gift-giving every day of our lives. We are invited to be people of great thanksgiving and blessing as we bless the Lord for the gifts that we have received. So in, we live our lives as an act of thanksgiving, much like the church prays the Eucharistic prayer in the great prayer of thanksgiving. We pray that every day in our lives by being grateful for the many gifts that we have received, that we have been given. And then we are invited, just as Jesus broke the bread and the priest breaks the bread, we are invited to break ourselves open for one another. To not keep that to ourselves, that this is mine to keep and enjoy and love, but it is ours to share. And in order to do that, we need to break ourselves open just as Christ broke his body for us just as the priest breaks the bread at the mass so too we are invited to break ourselves open for others and we are invited to share what we have in our lives with others just as Jesus shared at the Last Supper his very presence under the form of bread and wine as we share in the very presence of Christ at the Eucharistic liturgy so we are invited to share ourselves with each other. 
as we move forth from the Mass. The liturgy is, as the Second Vatican Council reminds the source and the summit of the Christian life. That means that it is the summit. We bring everything of our lives to that experience, and it is a source, is that we take everything from that and live it in our lives. So the source, the summit. And we are invited to take what we learn at the table of the Lord into our everyday active lives. So we invite you to not be a spectator when we gather for Mass. Become engaged. Understand what we do together. Learn what we do together. And then live what we do as we go forth together. Hopefully this series of short presentations have given you some insight, some glimpses into what we do when we gather and why we do it. Don't just be a spectator. Don't just watch, but live the liturgy. Live the Mass. And in doing so, we join us in heaven, in the divine liturgy, our earthly liturgy joins the heavenly liturgy, and we enjoy all that God has given us through that great gift. And then, the great act. Go. The Mass is ended. Live what you experience. You could all stand as we close with our final song of worship. And I invite you all to just really dive into this worship experience. Worship is an opportunity for us to encounter the living heart of God. It's an opportunity for us to grow towards Him and to get outside ourselves into something greater than us. So I just encourage you to dive deep into it. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's even if it seems awkward or you don't like singing or you don't like praising, whatever it may be, this is an opportunity for us to do what we're going to be doing for all eternity, which is praising God. And so let's just enter into it with our hearts, with our bodies, with our voices, and just give God the praise that is due to Him. And all the poor and powerless And all the lost and lonely Oh, the thieves will come confess And know that you are holy And know that you are holy
going to go into the wind-up, if you will, for this concluding part of the night. How many of you have never been to an Ignite or an Ablaze or Praying with Fire, Presents for Christmas? How many of you have never been to this before? So a few of you are, very few of you are new. It's always good for us, though, to kind of reset the stage. We call this thing right here a burning bush. It harkens back to that moment when Moses came before God or God illuminated himself in the burning bush and Moses was stunned. How can this be that this, this bush is aflame a in the desert you know, what, with, without expending its fuel? And it was that moment where God revealed himself to Moses and God was asking him to speak with power to the highest power of the land when he had a lisp and he had no power. Let me begin by asking you, what in your life right now is God asking you to do but you feel powerless over? Or maybe what is something that you're being asked to do but you haven't even considered it because you think, I don't have the time, I don't have the talent, I don't have the money. Old guys like me or getting older guys like me, age 49, and some of you will verify this, time moves on very quickly and you look back and you say, what did I do? Did I say yes to God? Maybe I should have five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Young people, tonight is the night. Tonight is the night I invite you to come before God and say, what is it that you are asking of me, whatever it is? Not just within this narrow range of maybe 15 degrees. If, I'm not, if it doesn't take me out of my comfort zone, I'm okay with that. If it doesn't ask too much of my money or my time or my energy, I'm okay with that. No, I'm asking you to come before God and say, Lord, you made me for yourself. I open myself to anything you ask of me because I know I'm only going to be happy if I do what it is you ask me to do. Number two, and what you call me to, you will provide for. So that's what happened at the burning bush. God sent Moses, and we only know history by the rest of the story, right? It was the big act of deliverance. And oh, by the way, do we know why? The whole purpose for setting his people free? It was to worship God. That was the number one reason. So whatever captivity we're in tonight... Whatever that Egypt is in our lives tonight, God wants to speak freedom to you. He wants to tell you, he wants us to be free. And he wants us to do so that we live a life of worship, a life of contagious love for him, a life that is not just on Sundays or a checkbox or I'm afraid. Dispel all of that. There's only one question that matters for us tonight and it is, God, are you real? And what is it that you're asking of me? You made my life for you. Help me to open my life completely to you. That's what this place is about. So in a moment... I'm going to invite you to bring forward our, our candles, and they will be lit. And that candle, I want you to really see it as a symbol of your life or your family's life. You are bringing it forward to put on this burning bush to be one of the flames that symbolically represent God aflame. And then shortly thereafter, after that procession of candles, and again, make it prayerful. Make it your life. Lord, I give you my life, my struggles, my challenges, physical, emotional, spiritual. Lay it down. Then Jesus himself, we believe this for 2,000 years, that Jesus said, John 6, verily, verily, which means what? I'm not playing games. Listen up. What follows, pay attention. He who eats of my body and drinks of my blood has life within him. He who does not eat of my body or drink of my blood has no life within him. And he says it again, for my body is real food and my blood is real drink. 
The very earliest catechism, 66 AD, it was called the DDK. It described what the earliest community of Christians did. This is before the Bible was even canonized in the fourth century. Before that corpus that we call the church determined those books of the Bible to be the canon, the canon we now call the Bible, 66 AD spoke of them getting together and celebrating the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So I'd like and invite you to think about now who might be somebody that might have drawn multitudes tonight. I'm dating myself. I don't know, Nickelback, Taylor Swift, Van Halen, back in the day maybe for me. Who are those popular bands or groups or musicians or movie stars that we know might have packed these grounds? There are many. But let me ask you a question. What could any of them do for you that is of eternal merit, of eternal significance? One non-Catholic once said years ago to her friend the Catholic, if I believed what you believed, so the non-Catholic said to her friend the Catholic, if I believed what you believed, as you say, I would crawl on glass to come before him, my Savior. The God of the universe truly is going to be with us, who created all of the world, who holds us in existence, who fashioned us in his very image. He is going to be present to us in his full power. And he invites us to come before him and worship him, to lay our lives down before him. He wants to open a door, if you will, for us who've been doing this forever to a newness of life and a newness of grace. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. How you come to the end of yourself? And go ahead and bring them up. Go ahead and bring your candle up and put it on the burning bush. How beautiful that passage of the power of keeping one's eyes on the Lord Jesus. Peter shows us that dramatically, doesn't he? In the midst of the chaos of a storm, in the midst of the confusion of the moment, against the fierce winds, against the mighty sea, for a moment, Peter kept his eyes on Jesus and was able to do miraculous things. He walked on the water. He walked on the water towards our Savior. He kept his eyes on Jesus. However, in that moment, the distractions of the world overcame him. And he took his eyes off Jesus, and he saw the waves. He experienced the wind. He recognized the confusion, the chaos that surrounded him, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's real discipleship. That's the call that each of us have. How blessed we are tonight to actually literally keep our eyes on our Savior. To keep our eyes on our Savior.
And we've all been there before. We've all been Peter. We all have had those extraordinary heroic moments where we have kept our eyes on him and we have persevered in faith in the midst of the trials and the storms of life. We've had those grace moments. But we've also had those moments where we've taken our eyes off him and we begin to sink. We begin to move into despair. And in those moments we have cried out, Lord, save me. Tonight I invite us to come forward closer to the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. I invite you to come forward and, and just literally, as close as you are, to draw in. Walk towards the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And worship him. That's what the disciples did in the boat. They did him homage. They knelt down in homage. And they said, you are indeed the son of the living God. So at this time, we invite you to do that. We invite you to walk forward, keeping your eyes on the Lord. And once you arrive, we invite you just to stay up here. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the to the waves. You make me brave. My name is Walter Erickson. I'm a member here at Holy Trinity. And I met Greg and Stephanie a few years ago. A few years after I had become Catholic, and I, I was searching for a way to get involved more deeply in our faith. And uh, I, I'm a person that uh, if I'm going to put forth any effort, I'm going to finance something, if I'm going to invest something, I want to see fruit. I want to see proof that there's something there in the end. And there's a lot of missions out there that just didn't seem to fit me because I didn't see the fruit in the end. And I was looking for a family. I was looking for a model of what it really looked like to live your faith authentically in the Catholic Church. And here come the Schleters. And it was a beautiful representation. And one of the things that makes it so beautiful is once we got to know them very well, we realized they weren't perfect just like us. And yet, the fruit was in their children. My dad used to tell me all the time when I was a little kid, if you want to know if the parents are good people, if you want to know they're good people, look at their children. Because the children are their fruit. And I thought, well, you know what? I want every one of my kids to go to heaven. And I pray that every one of my descendants goes to heaven. And I thought, whatever they got going on, I want for my family, period. Because I want my children in heaven. And if you don't want that same goal today, if you're not willing to give it everything, I ask you to check yourself. I ask you to go deep in prayer, and I ask you to think, why am I doing this? Why am I here today? If I'm not trying to make sure every one of my kids has everything they possibly can to make sure that they are in the kingdom and they know how to get their children into the kingdom. The reason I'm so interested in seeing this flourish is because I really truly believe this is a solid model to help those who just plain don't have a model. And somewhere along the way, I don't know if it was 30 years ago or 200, I'm not a historian, I don't know my Catholic faith history that well, somewhere the wheels fell off. And there's a few people that have been carrying it with like a broken old wheelbarrow to the point that it's gotten now. 
I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Because, because God said he will not let his church fail. So there are some people along the way that kept carrying it. And I believe what we see here today, this is a beautiful representation. The amount of weight that's on your, your family's and my family's shoulders today is, in my opinion, more immense than it's ever been. Because we are trying to show people that this is a better way in a world or in a country that's getting given everything. And sometimes, sometimes even myself, I get frustrated. I get frustrated because I put so much effort and prayer into it. And you, you'll have someone come over to your house time and time again, and, and, and more times than not, sadly, guys, it's the husbands. They're just weak. And they say, ah, I don't really want to go. I'd rather do something else or nothing then go. I'd rather put forth effort into something that pleases me rather than gets my family to heaven. I want to share a quick story. Um, I believe it was, this, it, was just, it was just recently, and a group of focused missionaries that were done with their school year went to Alaska. They went to a small town in Alaska, and they went there for the sole mission of trying to just literally go door to door and invite everybody in the community for, to a prayer service. They were getting frustrated. And near the end of the day, they had basically no one was really interested, right? At the very end of the day, they knocked on one door, and they, they heard something fall. They heard something stumble inside, and they knocked again. This woman came to the door. They talked to her for a few minutes, and she seemed uh, half kind to, be, to pre pretend to be interested. So they, they went to the prayer service, and there was a few people there. And at the end of the prayer service, this same woman, she said, um, my daughter and I were just about to commit suicide. And we literally were praying that God sent us a sign to save us. And there was a knock at the door. And she said, if, if that knock didn't happen within a very, very short period of time, maybe a minute, they both would have been dead. And so those kids, uh, those college students, um, they got to come home with the coolest story ever. Now, just minutes before they had thought all their time and all their effort was completely wasted but because two people were saved I'm telling the story today because I think it's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard so what we're doing here we're not interested in masses we're not interested in numbers if there was a if there was a hundred thousand people here today that were truly involved and we could tell our message to them and their hearts could be touched fantastic. But we're happy to do this for one person. If one person today decides to go home and actually lead their family in prayer, lead their family closer to God, then this mission has done its job, and I firmly believe that. I also believe that this mission is an excellent investment of your time, because this is directly, directly invested into your family. And there's no better place to start than your family. This event costs money. Um, you know, we, I'm not here to ask you for, your, for money. Many of you contribute. But these events do cost money. There, there, is, there is a cost here of doing this. And it's difficult to do more of these when there isn't any money. Um, this, this particular event costs $5,000 today. But literally the food, the tent, the, everything you see 
was all was all out of pocket of Mass Impact, and and uh, I I would ask um I, I would like to hand these out quickly, and then I'll be done. If you guys would just put your name on them alone, and if you only have a prayer today to offer, we'd be happy to take that prayer. And I promise you, whatever prayer it is, whatever intention you have, we will pray for you. And if you feel that you're able to donate $10 a month or $5 a month or a one-time donation, if that's what God's asking you to do, um, by all means do so. But please put your name down. If we don't know who you are, please put your name down. And, uh, and just give us a prayer intention. You know, Mass Impact and Ignite has been gone across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months. And, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of his Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming and coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves his. And to see that happening monthly. We are responding to an urgent call at an urgent time. The recent Pope, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. We are taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond. I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. And we are seeing tremendous growth. I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened to mission, to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the Contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no. It was nothing short of amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you? Please go to massimpact.us and contribute. It's time to move.